0: Welcome to Reading for a Change, a podcast from Moody Publishers, where basically we take an inside look at the books transforming our lives and shaping the world. I am really excited about today's episode because, get this, it's all about food. I'll explain more in a minute, uh, but I'm super excited. I'm joined again by my uh, co-host for Season 2, Trillia Newbell. Uh, Trillia, as many of you know, is author of many books, including... If God is for Us, which is a Bible study on Romans 8. It's just fantastic. And her most recent book is Sacred Endurance. Trillia, thanks for being with us again. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk and learn. I am too. Uh, And I'm excited to introduce our guest uh, for today. Um, Asherita Chuchu uh, is an author, speaker, and founder of One Thing Alone Ministries. She's the author of, I'm not even going to name all of her books, she's very prolific, uh, but she's written uh, the book Full, Food, Jesus, and the Battle for Satisfaction, uh, as well as Unwrapping the Names of Jesus, which is just a gorgeous uh, Advent devotional. Uh, And her most recent book, which we're going to talk about today, is Bible and Breakfast, 31 Mornings with Jesus. She lives with her husband, uh, Flaviu. I'm going to, I probably totally butchered that. Uh, They're Romanian. Uh, I'll get her to correct me in a second. Uh, They live in Ohio with their uh, rambunctious children. Asherita, welcome to the show.
1: Drew Trelia. thank you so much for having me.
0: (laughs) Okay, so give it to me straight. Um, How badly did I mispronounce (laughs) your husband's name? You gave it a champ
1: (laughs) effort. It's Flaviu.
0: Thank you. Flav Flaview. Okay. Yep. Thank you. Very cool names, both of you have. Um well yeah, thank you for for being with us. And get this, okay, right now, and I'm not I'm not even kidding, as we speak, I am eating um one of the the dishes that you have recipes for in your book, oh, how Bible cool. and Breakfast. It's Which one? the creamy cream of wheat. Ooh. creamy cream of wheat. Am I getting that right? Yeah.
1: Isn't it delicious? It is
0: absolutely delicious. Oh my goodness. And I wish I could say I made it, but my wife actually made it for me. Um, and I'm eating it right here. So if you hear some like weird uh, eating noises in the mic, uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> or like, mm, that kind of stuff, please excuse me. I am, I'm thoroughly enjoying <laughs> this dish. Um, so let's jump right in. I want to ask you about this book. Um, and the the first thing that I thought was just fascinating is that the, the, this book, Bible and Breakfast, uh, and first of all, let me back up and explain it a little bit to listeners who haven't seen it. It's this gorgeous book, um, hardcover, color pictures of all these delicious, uh, dishes. And each one has like an accompanying devotional with like prayers and exercises and everything. It's a really unique idea. Um, But I was fascinated to read a little bit about how it grew out of an unusual online challenge that you extended to women a few years ago. And I'm just wondering if we could start. Can you explain that to us?
1: Yeah, for sure. So a few years ago, um, I shared with my readers that I'd just been really challenged by this Chinese pastor who years ago said, no Bible, no breakfast. Uh, he had made a commitment that before he fed his body anything, he would feed his soul. And there'd be no way to forget <laughs> about reading the Bible because his growling stomach would remind him. And, um, I grew up in a Christian family. So I have loved Jesus as far back as I can remember. And, um, I've just loved really reading the Bible and studying, studying God's word. Um, I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to inductive Bible study and pulling out concordances and maps and all of that. Uh, but, When I became a mom, I found that my time available to just devote myself to Bible reading really shrunk to almost none. Um, And even the time that I did have, I'd be interrupted by little hands pulling on me or needing something or spilling something. And um, I just really desired more time in God's word. And I didn't know how to make it happen. So stumbling on this quote about no Bible, no breakfast, I just started wondering what if... I did Bible and breakfast because I am a foodie. I love, I love my food. I feel like food is such a good gift from a good father (laughs) given to us. And there's no way I'm going to skip breakfast. So what if instead I link this new habit that I want to, I want to incorporate more Bible reading in my life. What if I link it to eating breakfast? And I issued this challenge to my blog readers a few years ago. I said, would this, interest you? Do you want to join me for 31 days? Let's do Bible and breakfast together. And we had over a thousand women sign up that first year and say, yes, I need this in my life. I want this. I want to be more consistent in reading the Bible. And so for 31 days, we shared what we were having for breakfast and what we were reading from the Bible. And it was just, it was such a fun time together. But more importantly, it kickstarted this habit for so many women who continue to read the bible while they were eating breakfast for years to come.
0: That is awesome and I love that no bible no breakfast. That <laughs> that's pretty powerful.
1: I mean you can do that too if you I, want but
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, I didn't say I'm going to do it. I just I just said I like the sound of it. Okay, I like the idea. <laughs> I'm with you though. I need I need my uh, my breakfast.
2: I, um, I love this idea, especially of building a habit of daily reading. And I, I, I am a a Bible study teacher. I, I love the Bible and you had mentioned inductive study. So how do you encourage women not just to take bites, but to dive deep? Because it's, it's so good to start these habits. But how, how have you or have you taken the women and encouraged them? Okay. Take this breakfast, do this, but spend some time diving deeper into the word or how have you, have you been able to do that?
1: Yeah, I'm glad you bring that up because I think one of our struggles with being consistent in our Bible habits is that we have this all or nothing mindset, right? I mean, truly, I'm sure you, you've struggled with this and you've spoken with women who struggle with this. It's if I can't sit down for a full 60 minute inductive Bible study, then I'm just going to wait until I have that time. And realistically that time doesn't magically appear in our days. And even when we might have the time at the end of the day, we're exhausted and we're more likely to hang out on the couch with Netflix than we are to pull out the Bible and do a deep dive into scripture. So one of the things that I encourage women in particular, because I just generally speak and teach women, speak to women and, and teach them how to incorporate Bible habits in their lives. But one of the things I encourage them to do is to approach reading the Bible the same way we would feed our bodies. So on some days I might only have time for a quick breakfast. It might be a boiled egg and uh, some salami or ham or a piece of fruit, and I'm on my way out the door and that's all I have time for. But at least I'm feeding my, my body something to get started with the day. But that's not the ideal. And so when there are slower mornings, then I do like to pull out the pans and scramble eggs and maybe make some waffles and just sit down at a feast. And I relish that. Those are the days I look forward to. So instead of this all or nothing mindset, it's a take what you can and make time for those slower, deeper feasts. And that's the approach that I have in Bible and Breakfast. Every day for 31 days, I offer readers both a snack on the go which is a short devotional. If you only have a few minutes, feed your soul and start the morning with God. But then if you have more time or at least once a week or a few times a week, make time to sit down and truly feast on God's word. And that word feast, I turned into an acronym that teaches readers how to study the Bible inductively for themselves. So even if you don't know what inductive study means or you've heard about right. it, but you think only pastors do that, you can totally do it on your own. And as you're feasting on the Bible through Bible and breakfast, at the end of the 31 days, you'll be confident in your ability
2: to study scripture on your own. I love yeah, that. Yeah, that's really good.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I love that you um, you anticipate, because you've experienced it, how every day is different, especially when you've got jobs and kids and, you, and a, a hectic life uh, that maybe you can't sit down and dive deep every day. But when you can to make those um, the most of those opportunities. Another thing that I found fascinating about this, you tie it to uh, this devotional is rooted in behavior science. Can you explain mm-hmm. a little more about that?
1: Yeah. So like I mentioned, I am a bit of a nerd and I love research. I love reading and discovering new things. And for the last few years, I've been trying to figure out how has God wired our brains to create habits? And, um, just some of the things that I found there is, um, James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. Drew, you wrote a book on your future self. will thank you, right? BJ Foggs, who's a research professor at Stanford. They have just come up with so many interesting insights into how our brains develop patterns of behavior. So one of the things is make your habit tiny, make it easy to do, make it obvious. So instead of saying, oh, this year, I'm going to read the Bible in a year. If you haven't consistently been reading a bi- the Bible every day, that would be too big of a habit to start with. So make it make it easy. Maybe say, this, this year, I'm going to read the Bible for five minutes. Maybe I'm going to read through the Gospel of John just a few verses at a time, and I'm, I'm really going to sit with those verses. So make your habit easy make it obvious. Put your Bible out where you'll see it. One year I was reading through the Psalms while I was brushing my teeth. And so I would leave my Bible on the bathroom vanity so that I would see it. And that cue would just remind me it's time to read the Bible. Um, Another thing is to link your Bible habit to something you're already doing. So there's this domino effect of one habit after another. That's why Bible and breakfast works, (laughs) because I eat breakfast every morning. And so when I eat breakfast, that is my cue to sit down with the Bible and read the Bible as well. And it's been including my kids in it recently um, over the past year or two, because we eat breakfast together. Um, The last few months we've been listening to the audio Bible while the kids eat breakfast and I pack lunches. So there's so many different creative ways to do these Bible habits, these spiritual disciplines that are so important to growth and, and finding joy in Jesus. It's important to celebrate your progress and to look back and say, okay, maybe I didn't read the Bible every day this past month, but I read the Bible five days out of seven. And that is worth celebrating, especially if that's progress over. I was rarely ever reading the Bible before. Take the time, not just for the habit itself, but to say, I'm getting to know God more. I can sense his love is growing in my heart and thank him for that because that's his work.
2: Yeah, that's what I was, I was thinking as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, God's gives us a desire as we go more to him Mm -hmm. and, or he can. And so, um, what a transformation it would be that you, you don't, as, as you're reading and engaging in God's word, the spirit will you will be hungry for it. Mm-hmm. And so um, now that obviously doesn't always happen, but that's our prayer and hope in our own hearts, in the hearts of everyone, is that we would grow in a desire for him. Um, so not everyone is a breakfast person. I am. I wake up and got to have my breakfast. I can't <laughs> do <laughs> I, I don't know how people do it. I'm like, it's amazing to me that people function without eating breakfast, but I know a lot of people do. So how would you encourage this? Because you've, you've, you've honed in on the breakfast time, but not everyone's breakfast eater. So how would you encourage people to use your, your book, um, Bible and breakfast who, don't eat breakfast.
1: <laughs> right, so right around the time the book was coming out, um intermittent fasting started to kind of gain traction and I'm like, oh great, people aren't eating breakfast anymore. <laughs> um but really it's it's not about the breakfast, right? That's when it becomes legalistic. It's not about the breakfast. It is about looking at our daily lives and our daily routine and saying where in my life Can I build a habit of feeding my soul on scripture? Because Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for they will be satisfied. So maybe for you, it's uh, at work on your lunch break instead of scrolling Instagram or instead of, I don't know, online shopping. Maybe you put those things away. And when you take your lunch break at work, you pop the earbuds in your ear and you listen to scripture as you walk around the block, or you go to your car and you read the Bible while you eat, take out or whatever it is. Maybe it's at dinner. You sit around the table with your family and you'll read one psalm together. Um, maybe it's when you're walking the dog or as you're jogging instead of listening to whatever you listen to, listen to God's words. It truly comes down to not just a checklist mentality of saying, okay, I know I should be reading my Bible, so I'll, I'll make it happen and then I can check it off the list and I can move on with my own life. Instead, it's looking at walking in step with the Spirit. And as you develop, I call them tiny habits. As you develop these tiny habits, you make it easy and obvious, you link it to something you're already doing, you're celebrating your progress, then you incorporate more and more of these habits into your life so that throughout the day, there's a rhythm of turning to God and seeking him in prayer and his word. And that's how we walk and grow with him.
2: I'm so glad and Drew, I'm going to just say this real quick, but I was, I'm just so glad that you mentioned not to be legalistic Mm -hmm. because I think sometimes even when people hear, okay, you must be in your Bible every day, there can be this like anxiety. And I, and you did mention um, that you, you miss a day, you, you know, read the next day (laughs) or you missed breakfast and you read at night, whatever. I think that's so important that um, we approach it with anything with grace. It's not about earning God's favor or checking Mm -hmm. off a list. And so and even some Bibles read like Jen Wilkin, for example, would would be would encourage a deep dive more than de- devo- everyday devotionals. And so everyone approaches it so differently and there's such grace and freedom. I do love this tool. I love the idea of um, sitting down at breakfast. That's what I do. So of course I love it, <laughs> but, but I just love that, that God has given us such a freedom and mm-hmm. he, you know, I don't, yeah, that there's just a freedom and grace to get to know him better
1: yeah I'm so glad you bring that up because there that really is at I mean that freedom. We have freedom to approach the throne of grace with confidence because of Jesus. Yeah. And we have freedom to do it, each of us differently. Like I have friends who love coloring in their Bibles and I have a hard time drawing a stick figure. Like you're not going to (laughs) find beautiful Bible journaling in my Bible, but I, I love geeking out Mm -hmm. on word studies and the commentaries and the inductive study, but someone else is an auditory listener and they need to be hearing the right. words instead of reading the words. And I think we get into trouble when we create this one size fits all formula that everyone needs to study the Bible for yeah. this long in this way in order for it to quote unquote count. And and that is where legalism right. sets in. So it's truly the opposite of that. God is calling us to freedom, to a relationship, to seek him because Psalm 1611 says in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And that's what I want for readers.
0: That's great. I, I love it. It just makes it so doable, too. Like you said, the stuff about habits, starting small, not beating yourself up if you miss a day. Um, that's huge. I, I have a friend who is like, you know, every year I decided I was going to read the Bible for two hours every day and you're like, man, you're just oh, man. setting yourself up for failure. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> because if you get legalistic, and it's so demotivating, because of course, you can't stick to that schedule. Uh, and then you just drop it all together. So I'm I'm so glad for a resource like this, that ties Bible reading to something that most people anyway, do every day. I also want to say it's not just for women. As I said, I'm enjoying one of the recipes right now. And even though I can't really cook. I'm just going to be honest. Um, uh, <laughs> my wife is an awesome cook and she loves it. Uh, and it's kind of cool because her, the way she expresses love is cooking. And the way I mm. receive love is eating. So it's kind of like a match (laughs) made in heaven. (laughs) Um, So anyway, thank you, um, Asherita. I want to encourage everyone to grab a copy. And in fact, if you've been enjoying this conversation, I want to urge you to head over to moodypublishers.com right now. And you can grab a copy of Asherita's book. Uh, And since you're a listener to this podcast, we want to give you a 50% discount on your first order. It's a limited time offer. Uh, but you get 50% off your first order. Just enter the code Reading Podcast, all one word, when you're checking out to receive the discount. Again, head over to moodypublishers.com, enter Reading Podcast at checkout to receive a 50% discount today. And honestly, this will be so worth it. It's like I said, it's this big, beautiful book with these color pictures, and it's just gorgeous. Awesome recipes and like, I don't know, what is it, like 24 bucks regularly. So, I mean, it's incredibly cheap at 50% out. Definitely check it out. Okay, time for a segment that we like to do called The Big Picture. And basically, we're zooming out to talk about a related topic, but this one's very related to what we've just been talking about. And that is food and community. Uh, this uh, The theme that we have for this season, season two of the podcast, is loving and serving our neighbors. So, we've talked a little bit about how a resource like this, tying your devotional quiet time to your breakfast, can be beneficial for you and your family. But, um, Trillia, Ashrita, I'm just wondering if you have thoughts about how making food, sharing food, can also bless people beyond our families. I'll let either no, of I you jump thoughts, in. <laughs> it's wow. a big, big question. <laughs>
1: I mean, it's all over Scripture. Go ahead, Asherita. It's all Hmm. over Scripture. But one of my favorites is uh, the last chapter of John. Um, I won't go into detail, but it's a great, great section to read where basically Jesus appears after his resurrection to the disciples who had fished all night and they hadn't caught anything. And then he invites them from shore, come and have breakfast. Isn't that amazing? Hmm. That Jesus would invite his disciples to just come sit down and eat the breakfast that he had prepared for them. So we see this pattern throughout scripture of um, fellowship around food, that that food is something that unites us, that we get to enjoy together. Again, I really think it's a good gift and it brings down barriers. So we can have conversations that maybe would be awkward to have in any other setting. Those conversations can happen around the table.
0: Hmm. So true.
2: Yeah, the Lord talks so much about feasting and, and that all of the disciples and followers of Jesus, they would break bread together and, um, it would be, their mission was often sur- surrounded by food or hosting or, you know, there was a last supper even. So there's just, there's so much about food that I think is central to in the scriptures, as Asherita just said. I also, I had, and I may have told you this already, Drew, but I can't remember, but I, I took a trip to Rwanda and while I was there, um, a group of us had a chance to have a meal with some women in a village and they cooked on an outside pot with, um, mostly starch vegetables, cassava and, um, potatoes and just, it was just so sweet. But when they were done, I don't remember who asked the question, but someone asked, um, are you grateful for your work, the work that you get to do? And they said, we are so proud of our work, which they consider of course, um, cooking as part of their work. So they were so hospitable and loving and would, Sing worship songs, but when I came home, I was I I never peeled a potato with as much joy, <laughs> <laughs> and I I was I I realized that as I peel this potato to serve my family, it's just this extension of grace, and um that I get to nourish my family with food, and we get to to sit around together and and have a conversation about our days, about the Lord, whatever it is that we're talking about, but fellowship and, and food does it brings people together, but it's a way that we can glorify the Lord and extend love to others. And I don't think I saw it as clearly as when I saw it, um, from people, this, this group of women who don't have much, but who had so much. I love
0: that. That is so beautiful and powerful. No, you told me about the trip, but I hadn't heard that story about the food. Uh, That is so cool. I think the, the great thing about food when it comes to loving other people is it's so tangible. Um, Recently in my church, uh, there was a young couple who had a baby uh, and there were some complications uh, with their little baby girl. And she had to be, I think she's actually still in the ICU. Um, and it's been, oh, three weeks, four mm. weeks at this point. And you can just imagine uh, the heartbreak, especially if you're a parent, of not being able to bring your baby home from the hospital. Uh, and there's this sort of helplessness that we all felt watching this unfold, you know, through talking to them, seeing their updates on Facebook. Uh, but one thing I was grateful for that we could do that was tangible was get in the kind of the meal chain Um, and we drove, um, and it's not some heroic thing, obviously we just made them a nice meal and drove it to their house. And it's a relief for them because they are so preoccupied going through this crisis, uh, but to not have to worry about that and to get that tangible expression of love from other believers was huge. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's another way. I think just when someone's in a crisis to be able to step up, provide a meal is is one of those ways we can love people. Absolutely. Oh, that's great. Now, um, our final section, and we're clipping along here, but it's, you know, almost almost a half an hour. I want to try to keep these uh, kind of short and sweet, and it's certainly been that. Uh, but, Asherita, I'm just wondering if you could uh, describe, and it can be anything food-related or not, but one tangible way that you've been able to show love to a neighbor recently.
1: Hmm. Well, you sent me this question ahead of time. So I was thinking about it and <laughs> Drew, I didn't want to I spring that one on is, you.
0: It's a little intimidating. Oh, man.
1: Well, all I can say is I feel like the most loving thing I've done recently as a neighbor is to stay away from my neighbors.
0: <laughs> <because> <laughs> Explain we that.
1: Are, yeah, we are on round two of the flu in our house Ooh, in the last three weeks. Um, so we had just gotten over the flu and had a few good days and then everyone got sick again. And it's. It's as terrible as you can imagine. Um, so as much as I love my neighbors, I feel like the most loving thing to do is just to quarantine everyone
2: and we're staying home until we all get better. That, that is, is loving. <laughs> as as someone. Yeah. As as someone with two kids and who has had the flu this season already. Thank right? you. I your, mean, <laughs> your, 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 com- your neighbors are very <laughs> <because> grateful.
1: <laughs> we have cabin fever. My kids want to get out and go to the library or go shopping or go somewhere. And I'm like, sorry, kids. We're staying home. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> that yes. is great. Yes. And I, yeah. But
1: I do, I, I will say, like, not now, but um, especially around the holidays, we love to bake and just surprise our neighbors that way. So oh. the girls will be in the kitchen with me when they're healthy. <laughs> and We'll make um, cookies around Christmas. For Easter, we love making, there's a recipe in Bible and Breakfast called Morning Glory Muffins and we write yes. a note about the the hope of Easter morning and resurrection morning and that we mm-hmm. hope that they have just a, a very hopeful, beautiful morning together. So there are ways like that, that um, I think our neighbors know us as foodies because we're the ones <laughs> bringing the food and we love having, having birthday parties and inviting them over. And um, a neighbor recently said at the last party, they said, uh, we just come for the cake. I hope you know that because my husband <laughs> makes the cake every time. <laughs> so so I, I just found food to be such a good bridge to building, relationships with our neighbors when we're not sick
0: so true when you're not sick exactly (laughs) and i'm sure that makes you a very popular neighbor to be the foodie who's (laughs) always baking for people um thank you so much ashrita for joining us again uh to listeners please check out her book bible and breakfast 31 mornings with jesus um, uh, also, uh, check out Trillia's books, which are excellent. Uh, I've especially been enjoying her Bible study. Thanks. Um, if God is for us, um, and, and just to sum up, you know, I think sometimes, oh, this is maybe just me, but we think that we have to do something dramatic to love our neighbors. Like we have to sell everything, move across the world or suffer in some way, uh, to really show people love. But sometimes I think it's a good reminder to remember that the resources that we need often are right in front of us. And in this case, like we've been talking about, if you have a kitchen, you have some food, maybe it's a bonus if you have some cooking skills, <laughs> but that can be a powerful way not only to bless and love our family, but our neighbors as well. Please join us for our next episode. We're going to be talking to Ashrita again. This time, we're going to be diving into her thoughts and her experience about being a writer because she's an excellent writer. Written best selling books. So you're not going to want to miss that. And I got to say this too before we go if you've enjoyed this conversation, or even if you didn't, uh, <laughs> although I can't imagine that, but please, this helps us out a ton. If you can go rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts um, and leave a review, that helps us out tremendously. It helps other people discover the podcast. We're a brand new podcast still trying to get off the ground. So that's really helpful. Um, so thank you for listening. And until next time, keep reading.